Chapter 1 It began, as a lot of things do, in bed. Or, to be precise, on the living room sofa where I was uncomfortably dozing. Somewhere in the distance of a very weird dream about me and a certain ex-LAPD police lieutenant came a faint, persistent scratching. The scratching worked itself into my dream, and I deduced with the vague logic of the unconscious that the cat was sharpening his claws on the antique half-moon table in the hall. Again. Except that boneless ball of heat on my abdomen was the cat. And he was sound asleep. I opened my eyes. It was dark, and it took me a second or two to place myself. Moonlight outlined the pirate bookends on the bookshelf. From where I lay, I could barely make out the motion of the draperies in the warm July breeze in the front room of the flat above Cloak and Dagger books. I was home. There had been a time when I'd thought I would never see home again, but here I was. I had a furry heating pad on my belly, a crick in my neck, and apparently a midnight visitor. My first thought was that Lisa had called Guy, my ex, to look in on me. That furtive scraping wasn't the sound of a key. It was more like someone trying to, well, pick the lock. I rolled off the sofa, dislodging the sleeping cat, and staggered to my feet, fighting the dizziness that had dogged me since my heart surgery three weeks earlier. I'd been staying at my mother's home in the Chatsworth Hills, but I checked myself out of the lunatic asylum that afternoon. If Guy had dropped by, he'd have turned on the light in the shop below. There was no band of light beneath the door. No, what there was was the occasional flash of illumination as though someone was trying to balance a flashlight. I wasn't dreaming. Someone was trying to break in. I felt my way across the darkened room to the entrance hall. My heart was already beating way too hard and too fast, and I felt a spark of anxiety the anxiety that was getting to be familiar since my surgery. Was my healing heart up to this kind of strain? Even as I was calculating whether I could get to the Webley in the bedroom closet and load it before the intruder got the door open, or whether my best bet was to lock myself in the bedroom and phone the cops, the decision was made for me. The lock mechanism turned over, the door handle rotated, and the door silently inched out of the frame. I reacted instinctively, grabbing the rush-bottomed chair in the hall and throwing it with all my strength. Get the fuck out of here! I yelled over the racket of the chair, clattering into the door and hitting the floor. And, surprisingly, the intruder did get the fuck out. Not a dream, not a misreading of the situation. Someone had tried to break into my living quarters. I heard the heavy thud of footsteps pounding down the staircase back to the shop, heard something crash below, Heard another crash, and, as I tottered to the wall-light switch, the slam of a distant door. What door? Not the side entrance of the shop below, because I knew that particular bang very well, and certainly not the front door behind the security gate. No, it had to have been from the adjacent structure. The bookstore took up one half of a subdivided building that had originally, back in the thirties, housed a small hotel. The other half of the building had gone through a variety of commercial incarnations, none of which had survived more than a year or so, until I'd finally been in a position to buy it myself the previous spring. It was currently in the expensive and noisy process of being renovated, the two halves divided by a wall of thick plastic. Not thick enough, clearly. 
The contractor had assured me the perimeter doors were guarded by construction locks and that it was as safe as it had ever been. Obviously, he wasn't familiar with my history, let alone the history of the building. I leaned back against the wall, trying to catch my breath and listening. Somewhere down the street, I heard an engine roaring into life. Not necessarily my intruder's getaway car fleeing the scene. This was a non-residential part of Pasadena, and at night it was very quiet and surprisingly isolated. There was a time when I'd have intrepidly, Mr. Boy Detective, gone downstairs to see what the damage was. That was four murder investigations, one shooting, and one heart surgery ago. Instead, I got the gun from the bedroom closet, loaded it, returned to the front room where the windows offered a better vantage point, and picked up the phone. The street lamps cast leopard spots on the empty sidewalk, accentuated the deep shadows between the old buildings. Nothing moved. I recall the line by Raymond Chandler, The streets were dark with something more than night.'